0: Are you stuck in a cycle of abuse and anger being projected onto you for reasons that are not your fault? Are you frozen in fear and but also ready at the same time to break this cycle? Hang in there because I'm going to share quite a few eye-opening important pieces of information with you. Hi everyone, my name is Yvette Rose, author and founder of Metaphysical Anatomy, which is a book of 679 medical ailments, where I wrote about where we all share the same emotional traumas and trigger points connected to similar ailments, and we all share this globally. And guys, welcome to today's topic and series of anger. And today I would like to jump into relationship dynamics where anger turns into violence. Now, I've been in a violent relationship in the past and I do not take this topic very lightly as I am fully aware of the emotional, spiritual and psychological consequences that can come from such a destructive dynamic. So when you are in a relationship that is unhealthy, you will have been exposed to treatment that significantly lowers your reference point for how you expect to be treated and all that maybe be perhaps that you want is for a need to be met. But with yourself now in your self-esteem having been compromised to such a great extent, you might be emotionally willing to pay any physical or psychological price to not heal this aspect of yourself in fear that it will rock the boat in your current dynamics, meaning causing maybe more volatile reactions from an abusive partner because you know That if you change, you will go. Now, this is when I would say that you are stuck in a freeze instinctive response. Too scared to do anything to take your power back. And when you now lack self-esteem as was a result now of abuse in the past, then it will be much more challenging to recognize your value and the love and the support that you also are worthy of in a relationship. Yet you don't have access to it. Now if your needs have been continuously disrespected, or if your love, or if, for example, love was withdrawn from you in a relationship as a punishment for expressing needs that a partner perhaps perceived as being unreasonable, then feeling the right amount of self-worth to express a need will become very challenging over time. So now your need to have your needs met, has been challenged to the point where your expectations have been weakened and lowered and your efforts to have your needs met in a relationship have been rejected or criticized to the point where you kept lowering the bar for this need to be met and for how you would allow yourself to be treated because you kept adjusting yourself to the reactions of an abuser with the intention to keep the peace. Now, unacceptable behavior and responses from a partner becomes acceptable because that was the only way to keep things calm, to take the path of least resistance. And it is also during this time that you form a dangerous comfort zone as you start to feel comfortable feeling uncomfortable. You start to feel safe feeling unsafe. And when you become so used to being abused, abuse becomes normal even a lifestyle. And once an abusive relationship ends, you might continue to subconsciously seek out partners that are abusers to reconnect to the old lifestyle that you have become so used to. Physically abusive relationships can be extremely challenging to let go of, despite what the logical mind might actually think about the situation. Because when your safety and your physical body feels threatened as a result of the reaction now of a partner, all that you want to feel in that moment is safety. Now, this is also true for emotional physical abuse. You know, when you are abused, all all that you want during that time, in that moment, is psychological and emotional safety, comfort, and also an emotional escape from the stress that you are experiencing yet you have no option or emotional resource to support you during that time of the abuse, to relieve you from the psychological stress that you are experiencing. Now, regardless of the nature of the abuse, a similar effect arises where you now subconsciously reach out for security because that's what we do when we feel unsafe. Whether it's physically or psychologically, The only person that's there in that moment of abuse is who? It's the abuser. Now, can you see what's already happening here? You see, the abuser is the person who is consistently present in your environment at the time of the emotional physical abuse. Your need for safety is subconsciously met by the abuser's presence. Simply by that person just being there in the moment of the abuse. Now, you you know, here you can see how that cycle, right? How the cycle and the need for safety is starting to form. How it is met. And the unhealthy associations that are being formed with your need for safety. This is the typical way in which the Stockholm Syndrome is developed in abusive relationships. This is when, for example, the victim actually protects the abuser. They stand by the abuser, they won't leave them. That is why. Now, if this cycle is repeated often enough, this can actually become a lifelong association. And this subconscious pattern makes it so incredibly hard to break the cycle of being attacked and abused. And now the key to avoiding this is to heal the psychological pain and the trauma that is holding this thought process in place. And now the neural pathways that are also formed in the brain of the abused person are responsible for holding in place these associations that leading, right, that's leading to this toxic cycle of abuse. Neurogenesis, which is the development of new neural pathways, leveraging this process right now that your brain is now naturally capable of creating new pathways or perhaps neuroplasticity, which is when existing pathways start to heal and change and they reprogram themselves with new more positive memories and thought processes and patterns. You want to break that negative cycle. Now, I discuss a lot more about this in my research behind it in Metaphysical Anatomy Volume 1 and 2, which you can always find at yvettebooks.com. That's E-V-E-T-T-E books.com. Now, coming back, remember that abusers get what they want through dominance, through creating fear in you. They know that they are looking for a partner that is easy to manipulate. They target people who have a low self-esteem, and it's also easier to cross their boundaries, of course, if they have a low self-esteem and get away with appalling behavior. It's also easy for abusers to convince someone with a low self-esteem that nobody will ever love him or her as much as the abuser does. And this makes the partner emotionally dependent on the abuser, as the abuser is now, in their mind, their only source of love which of course is an overcompensation. There is a lack of love. There's a wounded part in this person where they never really had maybe the amount of love that they needed. And so their barometer of what they feel that they deserve and they are worthy of has become so low that even abuse is now acceptable. And the abuser can then of course easily convince his or her partner that they would be nothing without them. And before then the person even realizes what's happening, The abuser has already now manipulated them into thinking that the abuser or the authority figure is their beginning and their end. Now, I also grew up in a hostile and, you know, volatile type of environment. And it is nothing out of the ordinary for me when I was confronted by abusive behavior. This was in the past. Yet, because it felt so familiar. Right? You see, so if abuse has been part of your life's foundation, then it can be challenging to form a picture of your life without it. Because it almost feels as if though there's a part of you who just are in this. It's part of you. It's part of your lifestyle. And people also who have suffered abuse become numb to the harsh reality that surrounds them. And you convince yourself that because of the abuse, you know, that it was normal and it was in your past, then surely it's probably normal now. And you tend to also learn from a very early age to just sit tight, fight against the odds, and wait and see how your life will pan out. Because quite frankly, you most likely didn't have much of a choice back then. But now, as an adult, you do. So let's explore warning signs of an abuser. In this case what they can do is they can show unhealthy signs of jealousy. Do they maybe prevent you from socializing with your friends or try to manipulate your schedule so that you don't have time for your friends anymore? Do you feel limited in your sense of freedom when you are with your partner? Do they have a short temper and they also blame you when they can't control their emotions? Do they have poor self-worth and lack responsibility? Do they maybe have excessive mood swings? Are they abusive towards their parents? You know, for example, if they are able to be abusive toward a guardian, then it's a very clear sign that you could be at the same receiving end of that kind of treatment. Because it just shows you how bold they can be. Do their parents maybe have a history of drug and alcoholic abuse? You know, because this, of course, can also cause aggression. Do they constantly call you or text message you or email you just to check up on you? Do they show extreme jealousy when you talk or spend time with other people? Maybe do they throw a tantrum or say negative things about people that you would socialize with? Do they maybe call you insulting names in front of other people or even in private? Are you always making excuses for this person's behavior? Do they maybe, you know, over become over dramatic and have statements such as I will kill you if you leave me or I can't live without you you see that is emotional blackmail and what they can also do is that they can deliberately humiliate people and talk down to them so coming back the question that you're probably asking is how did I break my cycle of abuse. Now there came a time in my life when I actually started to notice that something is wrong in my life. You know it's almost like there is that little something in your life that just feels out of place and wrong and you start to look around you, to examine your environment and your relationships with others. And I actually started to compare my life to other people's lives and also relationship dynamics. And I started to ask myself, you know, why? Why is my life so different? Why does everyone else not get verbally abused or beaten up? You look at other people's lives and then you realize how utterly unhappy you are with yours. Because something just feels wrong. And then it begs the question why is my life so different? And someone once asked me if you are so unhappy with someone, then why don't you just leave? And it hit me. I was too scared. I had spent such a big part of my life giving my power away to others that I realized that I had given up all my goals and my dreams for my future in order to keep peace in my life. It really took that much energy from me. And I could feel how the veil over my eyes started to lift. And I realized that I have lost myself to such an extent that I didn't even know who the hell I was. I didn't even know what my favorite color was. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't even have the courage to make my own decisions. You see, so the path and the journey to healing is that, you have to let go of who you think you are. Your identity is not being a victim. Yes, I just said that. You are not a victim. First and foremost, I never saw myself as a victim. And I do my best to avoid actually using that word. Because a victim is a person who has been harmed and you know that harm resulted to and to... A consequence where they've completely been emotionally psychologically disabled. Now, many people who have experienced abuse would identify themselves as victims. And therein lies the danger. Because victimhood, by definition, identifies now, for example, the sense of self with the harm that's been done. And why is this so destructive, guys? It's because your subconscious mind will now fight to protect your identity or your sense of self. And when a person sees him or herself as a victim, they overlook the strength and the power that they actually really do have within them. And I had that power, I just didn't see it. Because it was too convenient for me to think, but I'm powerless, I can not do this. You see, They also overlook the fact that they can heal from their past because yes, you can. And in my opinion, a victim is someone who is unable to recover and heal from his or her trauma. You know, I've had clients who actually refuse to heal the healing process because it suddenly dawned on them that healing the abuse and the trauma would mean changing their identity no longer being a victim and this can involve a change of friends or even a career and many are unwilling to allow these possibilities to take place in their life so you see when you heal your personality will be influenced and dominated by your past trauma you make yourself immune to that so to avoid the self-sabotage it's also important to avoid identifying with the harmful powerless identity. You are not a victim. You are a survivor and a warrior who can heal. And who you are is the inner resource, the love, you know, which was there before the abuse. You know, the role of therapy is to help to cease the victim identification and to re-identify with the inner resources the core essence of who you really are. And starting with the cause of your trauma instead of the symptoms, which is just feeling like a victim, that's a symptom. Establishing new boundaries. Feeling worthy again, it's important. Learning how to communicate. Learning how to trust with discernment again. Just because you were hurt in the past doesn't mean that everyone is the enemy. It's also finding balance between your needs and another person's needs because life is not just all about other people and what they want. Life is also about you. It's also about what you want and need. Now, it was also important for me to learn how to ask for support, but support that allowed me to feel safe and in control. And also most importantly, the kind of support that I Needed it and not support what people thought I needed. Because that's not real support. Real support is people listening to what it is that you need and then helping you to achieve that, giving you that support. And remember, if you also have no goal, meaning what outcome do you want, where's your direction? Where is your direction if you have no goal? So you need a goal and then most importantly is releasing your guilt and shame because the way that another person treats you the way that they act and behave it's not your fault but they made you believe that it was your fault and you accepted that and now it's time to revoke that and to call your power back from that moment and to release guilt and shame that was never meant to be your burden to carry. So guys, I invite you to start your healing, start your healing journey, and you can do that by going to www.guidedhealingsession.com absolutely free and start your process of breaking this cycle. And guys, until next time, for the next video series of Root Causes of Anger, stay tuned and subscribe. So until next time, be the light that you are. Hi guys, thank you for joining me. And remember to grab your copy of Metaphysical Anatomy on Amazon 679 Medical Elements. And I also wrote about the psychosomatic root causes of that. And I'm spoiling you because I even added key points for you to start looking at important questions that you can ask yourself to start improving your quality of life. And also remember to catch me on Instagram, Yvette Rose, one with a digit one, and Metaphysical Anatomy on our Facebook fan page. Bye, guys.